It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. Welcome to the Chalk Air Barn Girl Podcast. Jeff Johnson coming to you from upstairs studio in the Snuggery along the Gulf Coast of Mexico. Coming to you also live um, from from the Australia, from the Newcastle. You're you're at home, aren't you? From Newcastle. I am. Sometimes, I am sometimes at home. Yeah. We've got Nicole Halton from Inspired Hello. EC from Newcastle along the east coast of the Australia. How you doing, Correct. Nicole? I'm great. I'm on the rainy East Coast. Every misconception that people have about beautiful, sunshiny Australia is just being absolutely shot to shit this morning. <laughs> it is just torrential rain and wind and it's just, it's been like yesterday was 34 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that compares to, but hot. Yeah. Um, it was hot and sunny and blue skies and today it is like, it's just atrocious. And now it might, maybe the rain will go away and then it won't rain for three months. Yes, that's pretty much how it works. Well, I, I hope you can catch some of it and, 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 and <laughs> don't let it all run into the ocean. We're, fi- we're filling the rainwater tanks as we speak. Great. Um, so we're going to get into, this is going to be episode number seven of our early math uh, series, and we're going to talk about problem solving. But I wanted to check in on you with your your 2023 play challenge, but now you're, you're going to do more writing. Oh, you're rolling your eyes. How's the writing going, Nicole? Well, if you had asked me yesterday, I would have said shithouse. If you ask me today, I wrote a blog post. Oh, well, congratulations. <laughs> I wrote a blog post this morning, so maybe I'm back on track. Um, yeah, it's been it's been an uphill slog. The I don't know. There's been a lot of things thrown at me the last few weeks, in particular. So writing has just fallen well and truly by the wayside. But I got back on the horse today. I don't know. It's kind of like the old New Year's resolution thing. Usually, people quit really early. I'm like, I could just quit, but no, I'm just getting refocused. I could quit, but Jeff's going to ask me about it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm being held accountable, so I have to keep going. Well, I mean, look, for me, the only reason I decided that we should we should do this silly thing and the podcast this year is so I would be more likely to stay on task for the things I wanted to accomplish, because that that uh, public accountability, I mean, we like to think that. I mean, we like to think it wouldn't, it wouldn't, I don't care what people think, but I mean, uh, it, it does, it does play a part. <laughs> and so, 
so it, it for for me, I, I feel like I got to keep keep up on things, um, or or I will I will I will fail, and none of us like to be yeah. be fail. Right. We t- we talked about the the value of failures in some past episodes, but um, uh, if we if we have a choice, failing isn't the one most of us no. opt for. No, no. We like to succeed. So Tasha and I stumbled a, across uh, a new uh, change for the new year when we moved into the snuggery here um and decided how we were gonna how we were gonna live our lives and and for my whole life there's always been a a tv place you know back when i was a kid before you were born the the television was (laughs) was deeper than it was wide and and your eyeballs melted up from the radiation and then they got flatter and bigger and and uh and and we decided, uh, no, not gonna not gonna have like a TV space. We've all got it. We've got our screens. I've got my my studio space, and we both got our iPads and our phones and everything. And and because we felt we were we were spending, we we wanted to cut down on screen time, and so we figured not having a place for that um, would make it make it more challenging to sit down and and binge watch. Yeah. And so we. Did I have that. heard of people doing that, and uh-huh. I've actually heard of people who have a tv but it's packed away and so if they actually want to watch something they've got to get it out and plug it in and set it up and it's like sometimes it feels like way too fucking hard and so they just don't do it yeah and so right now we've been watching things on my my ipad pro we might get you know something with a little bit bigger screen and have it tucked away but there's no always there thing because that makes it a little bit easier and then the other thing we decided we're going to change is we 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 fell into this habit i don't know maybe when the kids grew up or something of like eating in front of the tv and yeah. just binge watching something and eating and so we decided okay we're gonna we're gonna start eating eating at the at the table together and our, our main meal we do that at lunch during the day and i usually cook and and we decided uh we're gonna make that a table thing and so we did that and so we've cut like hours and hours of screen time out of our day but the table the table thing has gotten out of control nicole <laughs> how does the table get out of control okay well first um first i feel uh, like it should be pretty simple well you well yeah the- i mean Done. you think but um i'm like hey should i should i make sure there's a, a candle lit every time we sit down to eat a little uh, bit romantic and she's like oh yeah do that and then i'm like not- uh uh, want some music and so yeah okay so there's a, a spotify playlist playing just a, the exact right volume in the background and then uh and then and then now we're under this cloth, cloth napkin thing and so um i, I, I so you're creating order. a whole experience every oh, time yeah, yeah 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 it's a it's a thing um and so now i'm gonna i i feel we i had to order more cloth napkins so we'd have enough for every day um <laughs> and and now i feel like i've got to learn how to fold them and all the different things oh, so wow. that i'm yeah. so that i'm creating a a a an experience for her because who wants their their napkin the same way every day I mean, no. my gosh. Um, <laughs> so it, it's just gotten way out of control. Um, plus, there's there's supposed to be conversation, and I'm I'm just shitty at conversation. You need like some little cards tucked away with like conversation prompts. So you just pull it out of your pocket and go, do you know? And just start with a fact or you know something. Uh, Nicole, you knew me too well because I was making index cards with, uh, I, I started, I started jotting down lunch conversation t- and then I, I pulled up a couple of websites. I found a couple of websites with like, uh, random strange facts 
type of website just so I'd have yeah. something because I mean, we're around each other a lot. So she she actually sees most of the things that I do during the day. And so there's usually nothing there and, and nothing I mean, I else got, to share. I mean, unless I'm podcasting, I really don't have a lot to say. So I, I feel I've been falling <laughs> short in that in in, in that uh, aspect. Uh, so I'm gonna have to get better at that. But I mean, it's, I don't know if I'm gonna have to start pulling her chair out for every fucking day. I I mean, I it's it's just way out of control. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I'm not sure I do yet, but <laughs> it beats trying to figure out what to what to what to watch on the on the screen. Well, that's um, right. Um, so let's get into this. Uh, we're talking. We we've started the series on early early math. Um, and you know the whole idea here is you can learn all the pre math stuff you need. And look, listeners, I just shook my hands around. This is really <laughs> important. Uh, you can re- learn all the pre math stuff you need in the early years without a lecture or without a, a, a demonstration in circle time, you can, you can learn it all in play. No flashcards, no, flash cards, no worksheets, um, just, just children playing. And, and today I thought we'd, uh, we talk about, uh, what are we talking about? Problem solving because a, a big part of, of mathematics when kids get into school is, is problem solving. They give them the story problems and you're, you're on a, on a some uh sally is on a bus headed for brisbane and uh tim is on on the train headed to brisbane from i'm uh, gone already uh, and and then you got to do the and and so so how do we how do we build those problem solving skills in in the early years it's funny actually i'm doing a training session tonight um online about problem solving so as we're recording this this is really great preparation for my for my training <laughs> session tonight. um but i think well number one play <laughs> it's like it's the answer to everything but play um you know i think it's remembering the simple things those simple opportunities for children to you know it's like the whole i think it's alfie cohen says you know like children don't learn to follow learn to follow directions by I don't know I can't I butchered the quote but it's like <laughs> there's a quote but I think problem solving is a similar thing like you can't learn to solve problems unless you're solving problems like children need experience and opportunities to actually hands-on try and solve shit does that yeah. make sense yeah you need yeah. to be doing it in the real world it's, it's like anything else if you want to build a skill you gotta you gotta put in some reps to to build the skill and I would argue when it comes to what kind of problems uh you're you're solving in the early years I I mean in my mind you're you're two and you're struggling to put your socks on and you want to do it yourself. And you're sitting there and you're struggling and your your sock is on sideways or upside down or you, you can get it onto your toes, um, except your pinky toe is hanging out and you got to readjust it to get that toe in and then you get it pulled up. But then the heel part is on on the top of your foot instead of in the heel where it's supposed to be. And that doesn't feel right. And so you have to pull it off and start over again. And then maybe you maybe you 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 give up on that foot and you go to the other sock because maybe you'll be more successful with, with that one. And then you get the socks on. And, oh my gosh, then there's shoes. And, <laughs> and so just struggling with those problems um, 
is is a step towards what they're going to need to solve those uh, math problems that involve trains and buses and equations and and uh, all, of, all of that. And how many watermelons and yeah, 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 all of that kind of stuff. Um, but it's interesting uh, you say that about the like letting them like you know struggling with the socks and whatever I think one of the big parts is letting them struggle a little you know like we as adults are so quick to jump in and try and prevent the struggle and you know I mean we do that with other adults too like I think it's just human nature that if you see someone struggling you try and help them so that they don't struggle but I think there are times when we have to actually struggle it actually takes me back to your bike thing when you you know, like didn't have your toolkit and you ended up pushing your myself a lesson. Home. Yeah. What yourself a lesson, but it's the same thing. People saw you and wanted to help because they didn't want to see you struggling. You know, it's yeah. like, Oh, I want to help you solve that problem. Whereas for you, it's like, well, solving the problem means I walk my ass home, pushing my bike. Like you know, I just have to deal with it. And I think for children like that, you know, sometimes it's, we just jump in, we take over and then they don't learn how to struggle and learn how to come through the struggle and while struggle can be frustrating it's also such a great learning experience and I think we can reassure children that we're here if I if you need me but you've also got this you don't necessarily need me you know I'll I'll be here and I think sometimes being alongside them is helpful but we've got to be so careful not to just intervene and try and solve their problems for them sure sure and and I mean the whole idea of problem solving, um, it kind of it kind of necessitates that there's going to be a struggle there because if there if there wasn't a problem to solve, you'd have right. the answer already, and and then there would be no you problem to it. solve. Yeah, and that, so they're you, the things that become innate, you know, yeah. that you just do it because it's like, well, actually, it's not a problem. I know what to do. I know how to do it. I just get in and I do it, and they become innate. But they may have been a problem initially, so it's like that step towards, you know, as you say, you've got the problem, that means you've got a struggle. For children, I think, too, it's determining what the possible solutions might be. And that's a big part of the problem-solving process is that there's actually not just one way to fix this either. You know, there's not one way to put your sock on. And, you know, like sometimes it'll look different to what we expect the outcome might be or the solution. But they've got a solution, you know, they've, they've actually come up with a solution. The solution might be something that we think, oh my gosh, that's not really a great idea. You know, the shoes are on the wrong feet, but for some children, that's the solution. I got them on. I'm happy. You know, (laughs) it's like, okay, I'll just watch that you don't break your leg, but you know, it's still a solution. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, sometimes the solution is here, put my socks on me. Um, They, they, (laughs) they they give up and ask for help. Like I can't do this. Yeah. And I mean, and that is a solution as adults. There are times when it's like, actually, I just can't do this and I need somebody else to do it. I need, you know, I was fiddling with our printer at work the other day and I was trying to get my computer to connect to the printer and I was going through about 45 steps and it involved things that I needed to read and then I needed to go back and I needed to find something else. And I'm like, this is just all too hard and my brain does not cope with this right now. It's not following these directions. I need someone younger and more technologically savvy <laughs> who has patience to do this for me. And so, so you called I your asked, son. <laughs> and I asked one of our young staff. <laughs> this is what happens when you have like 20 year old staff. You can call on them for the tech support. Um, but I did. I was like, my solution is 
I could stand here and I could try and read the manual. I could Google it. I could, or I could ask somebody else for help. And sure. that is a solution. It's, you know, if somebody had come over, seen me in the beginning and come over and said, oh, here, let me, I probably actually would have said, no, no, I've got it. But I think the fact that I'd been able to struggle through it myself and come to that solution myself meant yeah. that I solved the problem and I had that satisfaction. And and I mean, I I, I mean, for back back to uh, uh, pre-math learning, I think that's a great strategy that children can pick up that, hey, I'm trying to solve this math problem and I'm struggling with it. I need to ask somebody who might know for some assistance. And then they yeah. ask for that assistance and somebody says, okay, what, well, when here, here, here's a formula that you can, yeah. you well, can plug, a, plug things into. You do this. Yeah, yeah. Here's how I do this. This might work for you, or maybe that won't work for you, but you could try something else. Or, and I think that's it. It's like that, you know, especially when it comes to math problems, like, yes, we want children to kind of, not struggle through it, but to kind of work through it a little bit themselves. But you also want them to have the confidence to know, well, actually, it is it is a solution for me to ask somebody to help me. You yeah. know, that's part of the problem. Yeah. And and so I, I think another piece of this is remembering that in the early years, not all um, math problems involve involve uh, not all problem solving and prep preparation for uh, being ma uh, numerate um, involves numbers. So no. the problem solving that they're doing with their socks or or with a peer, they're trying to negotiate what dramatic play is going to look like. That's that's problem yeah. solving. There are three of us human beings and we have three different ideas of what we should be doing in the dramatic play space. We need to negotiate and solve the problem of what we're going to do so that we can we can do something. That's that's yeah. problem solving practice as far as I'm concerned. And and the skills you learn in in that real world experience that is that is totally removed from mathematics is preparing your mind for playing with those numbers when when you're when you're required to do that a few years later. Yeah. And I think um when I was doing some research for the session I'm doing about problem solving, I was looking at, you know, why problem solving is often so challenging why is it challenging for adults um mm -hmm. or for children you know why why can it be a problem and you look at those situations like that social examples the perfect example that could escalate really quickly into an argument between children somebody having a meltdown in the corner because they don't want to play my game you know like these really big emotions and you know that's perfectly reasonable given the brain development of children you know it's like given where their brains are at and how developed they are and what parts of the brain we use for problem solving you know a lot of the research says you know most of your problem solving stuff happens in the prefrontal cortex which isn't fully developed until we're 25 so <laughs> our ability to solve problems you can see why as children and young people, sometimes we really struggle to solve a problem or to see that there might be possible solutions and become overwhelmed. You know, it's like the brain just becomes way, way too overwhelmed. The emotions take over. And before you know it, it's like the response is just to shut down. And I mean, I had that experience almost with the printer because I was starting to have the flood of emotion of 
I can't do this. This is frustrating. I can't get to a solution. And I was starting to feel overwhelmed. And you can see how that happens so easily with children. And yet we have a tendency as adults to become frustrated with children when they can't solve the problem. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I'm thinking about this, I've, I've been struggling with the same thing you have with uh, one of my new year's things is to, to finish more writing for the play evolution HQ site. And I found myself overwhelmed. My problem was I was overwhelmed with ideas and not following through on putting things in, in order and hitting stuff yeah yeah and hitting publish and and so the the solution the the solution to the problem for me that seems to be working is i need more structure in my day and Mm -hmm. and so i've i've blocked off time on on the calendar that that seven days a week i'm i've I've got the different different topics i'm paying attention to and and i got to spend time each day on each one of those otherwise um before what i was doing i was like okay it's going to be writing time oh where do i start where do i begin yeah, and so putting that that uh, that structure on the calendar um, makes it a little bit easier. And and to get to there, I had to know I had to figure out how to get the green shovel back in the sandbox when somebody took my green shovel or whatever it was. Um, so I mean, basically, what do we need to do? What we need to do to give kids opportunities to solve real world problems in their early learning settings is 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 basically what we do to support all other play um more time more space a thoughtful environment where they get to be the pickers of their activities a good collection of interesting materials that we we tend to label as loose parts here on this podcast and um and then the freedom to play and explore and they will find their own their own problems to to attempt to solve uh, if they're if they're interested also, in that. Yeah, and I think also the freedom to make mistakes. Yeah, when they're solving yeah. those problems too is a really big one. And I think that comes down a lot to ed- educator attitude. You know, you can have your environment sort of set up, and you know, you can have all of those sorts of things. But I think unless you've got the right attitude about it, that you know, children need. A bit of space sometimes I need to back off a little and just let it unfold especially those social and emotional kind of problems I think you know we need to step back a little bit and just wait and see how they go but then be there if they need us but the freedom you know affording children that freedom to stuff it up because they will they'll try and solve the problem and you know I've seen it with children before where they need something off a shelf that's too high and so Mm -hmm all of a sudden you turn around and they've got a chair on top of a table and they're trying to climb on top of it and you're thinking, oh, my fucking God, get down before you break your neck. Like there's that instant reaction of like, idiot, why would you do that? You know, that's so silly, blah, blah, blah. You're going to hurt yourself. You know, there's that, all those thoughts that go through your head. But if you stop and think, actually, you know what, that was pretty genius. Like they saw the problem and went, I think I can solve it. I can stand up on this thing and then get up on this thing. And that will get me to where I need to be. They can't quite rationalize that, you know what, this thing's going to slip off this thing and I'm going to come a gutser. But I think we've got to give them a little bit of space to make those mistakes where we can. Now, see, for me, my first response is, hey, good problem solving, because I I made sure in, in, in my spaces that the tables were very sturdy and the chairs were 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 very sturdy and and not slip slidey ones and that kind of stuff so um if if you if you take the steps in your environment 
to anticipate the things kids are going to do, then when they start solving their problems like that, you you don't have to have that that I mean you can have that moment of panic if that's the way you're wired. Um, but but if you if you assume, hey, kids who can't reach are going to figure out how to reach and that's going to involve doing this stuff, then we need to make sure the 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 chairs have the little grippy things on the bottom instead of the the slidey metal things that they, you know, yeah. um that kind of thing. And it gets a little bit easier. Another thing I was thinking about is one of the ways we can support problem solving in the early years and this this pre-math learning is to to do less. So an, an example, you're going to get the ramps out um, and, and you're going to set up a ramp play area. Um, instead of going going in 20 minutes earlier and and setting all the ramps up and making sure they're 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 locked in place with uh, duct tape so that the kids can be successful right away with the ramps, um, just dump the damn ramps on the floor and walk away. And yeah. the kids who who maybe maybe prop one up as kind of a an example of what you could do with the ramps, and then and then get the fuck out of the way. So that they can experiment and discover and and solve the problem of how do I make this ball roll down this ramp? Um, An educator I worked with used to do the same sort of thing with like the gross motor equipment outside. You know, a sure. lot of the educators would go out in the morning and they'd set up, you know, these obstacle courses with the gross motor equipment, this to here and that to there. And he didn't do that. He'd wait until the children arrived and said, let's set it up, let's set it up together. And they'd be wanting to put things that you wouldn't think would go with other things. And this might be, you know, and he'd be like, oh, okay, that I'm I'm not sure how we're going to be able to climb on that, but let's test it. And, you know, like it was a process of trial and error and, you know, kind of they started to see what the problems were with it because they were given the opportunity to explore it and, you know, to actually test out those theories. I mean, children with ramps will quickly realise that if I don't have one end of it up high enough, then it's not going to roll. If I have it up too high, it rolls really fast. If I, you know, like there's yeah. there's those elements of that. And I think it is, it's all just play and practice. Yep. And problem solving. And problem solving. Any other thoughts before we wrap this one up? Got any notes on your I know you did homework and made notes I did do homework as I say I'm so prepared for this one because I'm doing the session tonight um yeah no I think that covered a lot of it for me it was really about the the our response to children the way we interact yeah. with children them that freedom to practice problem solving where they can and you know and also to have realistic expectations that they can't always solve problems as quickly as they'd like or as quickly as we would like them to. And so that can lead to frustration and big emotions. And it's just about supporting, supporting them through that and, you know, role modeling that even, you know, modeling problem solving so that they can see, you know, sometimes we're really quick to kind of solve problems on the fly and, you know, it can be helpful to kind of talk our problems out, even if it's just to show it as an example, you know, Oh, look, we've got a problem, you know, I don't know, the water tank's overflowing, the drains come, the pipes come off it and how are we going to fix it? You know, yeah. what could we do? And I might already have the idea, but we can talk it out as a group and, you know, kind of model that thinking with children. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think we're really lucky in terms of finding problems for kids to practice solving because they are they are so new to the world that 
everything they encounter is a problem to solve. This sock, yeah. this zipper, this this relationship, this uh, this sandwich. Um, that I mean, it's all... go away, does it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we try. Um, and, and and you know, you mentioned a few minutes ago. I've been kind of distracted because you mentioned the the prefrontal cortex not being fully developed until about the age of twenty five. And then I was I was reading something recently that the uh, I mean, really, the the brain starts going to shit when sometime in our thirties things start deteriorating. Know, right, is it? <laughs> and so maybe we get a good ten or fifteen years no, with a with a no. with a solid brain. And and <laughs> I'm thinking, well, thirty five was just about twenty years ago for me, so I'm fucked. I mean, I. You know what makes it even worse though? So if the brain doesn't sort of fully develop till you're about twenty five, and then they say when you're this may not have been an issue for you. But when you're pregnant and then you have children and the more children you have and the more you're pregnant, your brain tends to go to to shit, really. It mm-hmm. just struggles. It's like it just doesn't. And subsequent children just make it worse and worse. So for me, I think I had my first child at 24 and I'm now nearly 40 and I'm really concerned that I actually missed the window altogether. Like yeah. the window just didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean... I don't even know why people are listening to this by now. Now that they've heard this, I mean, we're we're totally on the uh, on the downward slope, listeners. Um, <laughs> hey, listeners. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to wrap this. Oh, hey, maybe, you got thoughts? Got something. If they've got a, if they've got a problem, then yeah. maybe we can help them solve it. If you have a problem you're solving, you can voicemail or text it to two two eight three six three six seven. Three seven. Oh, I got to throw this out there too. This is uh this is kind of look, unless you're Emily, um, the specific Emily I need to talk to, uh, don't listen to this part, but okay. So, uh, I mentioned, I think maybe it was with you. I mean, we had, uh, yeah. I had a, yeah, Emily, the teenager listener. Yeah. I, I'm still Emily. I don't know. You might be too young to, but, um, we haven't been able to get, look, I, I we had a date set up with Emily and then I missed time zone things. And then, and then I messaged her and like, here's some more dates. And then Emily was out of the country because apparently teen, teenagers just wander around the world now um wow. but I, I emily i want to get you on the show text me when you're back in the country and hear this episode because um i also feel weird about texting teenage girls um yeah. so it, it's just uh so emily i'm not gonna text Hold you again until you text me so uh just if if you're if you still want to be on the show uh send me a text and we'll we'll try again to get a date set up um hope you enjoyed your trip um there that's how focused this podcast is just just two or three minutes for individual individual uh listeners um back soon bye-bye thanks for listening This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.